City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do? Liquor Mark! I'm doing pretty well, man. The Hornets are 2-1 with wins against the Spurs and Hawks. Lost a close game to the Pelicans. The Hornets have looked way better than anticipated so far, specifically in that Hawks game. We were very shorthanded without Melo, Terry Rozier, and even Cody Martin. Pretty much our entire backcourt, but the boys stepped up, Tim. Nick Richards had a 20-point, 11-rebound game on 9 of 9 shooting. I'm not good at math, but 100% shooting, I believe. Dennis Smith Jr. had 18 points, 6 assists, and 3 steals. Just a normal DSJ line these days. And even James Bugnight contributed his first 10 points of the season in a massive win. Tim, I got to start by asking you this. Is Nick Richards the best center the Hornets have had in the past decade? Mark, I'm even worse at math than you are, but he's 100% the best (laughs) center we've had. I mean, if if we assume that Al Jefferson was part of the Bobcats era, then, yeah, I mean, I really think there's no question. Cody Zeller, man, he tried his hardest. But no, through these three games, Nick Richards, 15 and nine, and he has the softest hands I've ever seen. I'm a, I'm fully on board. We were really mean to him. We trashed him. Specifically, I trashed him. I'll take responsibility. He's been fantastic. He looks like the new age Moses Malone. Yeah, you, we tweeted out the other day on, on Twitter. Uh, that Nick Richards has transformed into Moses Malone. Um, I got to agree. I mean, outside of Al Jefferson, past decades a little strong, but like since 2016, he's been the best center on this on this team uh, over these over these three games. If he well, were to continue this rate, right, then he would be the best center the Horns have had. Well, I mean, let's years. let's be honest. It's pretty much since like we had one season of Vlade Divox. And then Alonzo Mourning in the mid nineties, yeah. I mean, it is it is that it's like Primo Bresic or Al Jefferson, right? Yeah, Nick Richards is next in line to carry the torch, the illustrious torch. Uh, I could see, I could see this panning out to him. So we're being we're being a little hyperbolic here, but like, I mean, he looked incredible against the Hawks, and he's matching up against what is like pr- a pretty good front court. In John Collins, Clint Capella, uh, Okongwu, right? They have good people uh, that should be defending him. And he didn't miss a shot. And he also had, like, several plays that were were not just, like, easy dunks. He had that one layup cutting through the lane um, that, I mean, 
I didn't even know he was capable of, to be honest. Credit to our development. Nick Richards has this season so far turned into an above average NBA center. Yeah. I mean, I'm at the point where I'm like, oh my God, the off season is coming up. We have to worry about re-signing Nick Richardson <laughs> since he was a second round pick. Like genuinely, I was almost like embarrassed to text you that, but no, that is exactly my feeling. And like, yeah, like, I mean, he had a, this is hyperbolic, a Dr. J finger roll, like you referenced, but otherwise, I mean, he was just moving people out of the paint. And I'm not sure exactly what this can lead to come the off season. Mike, is he a $15 million a year player? Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves for sure. But like, I mean, he's so much better than Mason Plumlee's minutes. It's wild. Oh. Like, like, I mean, seeing Mason Plumlee check into the game um, last season, it was like, all right, well, we don't have anybody else who can play center. But but now it's like, when is Nick Richards going to start? Um, that is a legitimate question. I think it'll take some time for Steve Clifford to kind of come to the, that realization. But the writing's on the wall for him to be the uh, next big center uh, for the Hornets. And it's crazy because, I mean, we we can harp on this a little bit more. We did not see this coming. Like, we thought Vernon Carey Jr. was clearly better than him when we drafted two centers oh. in the, what, 2020 draft. Uh, Vernon Carey Jr. and Nick Richards, we were like, all right, Vernon's our guy. He got traded away. He didn't do much with the Hornets. He had one 20-point game. That's it. And Nick Richards was just kind of in the background developing. And, I mean, his his development is insane. Like, when he first came to the NBA, he could not do anything. And now he... He knows his role, and I mean, he shoots hundred percent from the field against the Hawks. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what what happens. But great performance so far from Nick Richards. Yeah, I had the uh, the experience where I had luckily, thankfully, I had a family coming to town, and they were was like, "Oh, Tim, what is going on? Are you all right? What's going on with your job?" And all I could talk about was. Can you believe they are starting Nick Richards over Mark Williams? And my uncle was like, you're a grown adult. Why do you care? (laughs) I was like, this is a massive problem. And he was like, Tim, you're the only person in Charlotte that cares. And uh, I'm happy to admit I was wrong. I was wrong. Steve Clifford was right. And Steve Clifford has these guys playing to a certain level that I'm not accustomed to. I just, I've grown numb to the Borrego era and I was a big defender and I was like, oh man, he's really got us playing a good system. No, it's like, man, when you see it, seeing is believing. And these guys are playing fantastic defense and Nick Richards is a big part. Trey Young kind of looked afraid of Nick Richards. I didn't ever think that sentence would come out of my mouth. Yeah, you know who wouldn't be afraid of Nick Richards or John Moran. But um, the Hornets, to your point, Tim, about the coaching, the Hornets lead the East in points per game uh, at this very moment without our best player, without LaMelo Ball. And we missed Terry Rozier for, for a game. And we lead the East in points per game. I did not see that coming. Okay, it's only three games. Like, we should put a disclaimer on everything we say that it's only three games. 
And like, I'm very well aware that we could go into the Knicks game on Wednesday and just get destroyed. And then us have a very different picture for the season, but we beat a Spurs team that is now looking like they're actually good somehow with Devin Vassell balling out. Um, And then we barely lost to the Pelicans who are like the, the best story. One of the best stories in the NBA, the Pelicans being great this year. And then we beat the Hawks who are a perennial, you know, Eastern conference playoff team. They made the Eastern conference play, uh, fi- uh, finals just two years ago. And then last year made the Eastern conference playoffs again. So um, two very, very solid wins. And again, I'll repeat it again. We are leading the Eastern conference in points per game without Lamelo ball missing Terry Rozier for a game. And I'll just say it also without our player, a player who was the second best on our team last year. And miles bridges did not see this coming for this roster. <laughs> yeah, Mark, I think we should just say it. Uh, we recorded the podcast about five days ago and we laughed and we were like well we only beat the spurs and then we're like i mean what is devin vassell's best game even look like <laughs> we said that. and we just yep yeah, i i specifically <laughs> said that we slapped our knees and we're like he sucks and he's been fantastic ever since and the spurs look like world beaters yeah, which is wild. I mean, I think that's that's even more of like a small sample size thing. I'm positive the Spurs will fall back to uh, the average in the average being, you know, 20 and 62. But the Hornets might not do the Hornets might might be for real. Um, and, and this gets us into like our next point, which is Dennis Smith Jr. playing incredibly. Uh, if I texted you this, if Dennis Smith Jr., and Nick Richards are both like actual NBA players, actual NBA rotation players, then the Hornets are just good. Like we did not see that coming. Um, But if we have two players who are going to play like this throughout the rest of the season, then the Hornets are just good. We're just as good as we were last year, if not slightly better, slight improvements from everybody. Um, And that's a wild conclusion to reach, but I think it's true. I think it's possible that maybe they both have just started off the season hot. I think that's probably likely. But if they're actually this good, the Hornets will also be good. Yeah, I do think that's kind of a far conclusion to reach. Because, like, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. probably shooting above his head. And Nick Richards is not going to be Moses Malone. Right. But... And especially, you know, like, you know, Miles not being there. But, you know, without LaMelo, I do think it's the foundations of a very good team. And uh, Jalen McDaniels has taken a step up. Cody Martin has not been there. Right. For essentially the entire part of the season. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm, it's, it's corny, it's cheesy, but I'm bought in to Coach Clifford. I'm yeah. like, wow, like, you know, I couldn't imagine, like, you know, the entire time we've been doing this podcast for the Borrego era, we've never brought up, man, the defense looked really good. And now in three straight games, I'm like, wow, this is what defense looks like? Mm-hmm. I've kind of, I've become numb to it. I've forgotten it. But yeah, it's like, man, if we just have competent defense, I at this point, I got to say, I I never root for injuries. I want Mason Plumlee to just have a small little ankle sprain 
that keeps him out for five games. I want Nick Richards to start, and I want Mark Williams to back him up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can talk a little bit more about Mark Williams not getting any playing time. I think that's an issue. Um, but overall, I mean, we, we've we been hit by injuries. The Hornets have been hit by injuries, maybe the hardest of any team starting this season off with our best player, LaMelo Ball, not playing at all. And then Terry Rozier also getting a little dinged up. Cody Martin, one who I don't know is our seventh best player before the Nick no, Richards and like Dennis Jr. <laughs> explosions. And they've somehow maintained this uh, incredible offensive rate, good defense. And I want to talk a little bit more about Clifford. A couple of things that he's done well so far is encouraging Kelly Oubre Jr. to be allowed to do more offensively. Um, granted, Kelly Oubre also started off the season hot last year, so it's a, it's maybe you know just more of the same with Kelly Oubre. But he's been great through three games, and he's been driving to the basket, which we just didn't see much last year. Uh, he's been shooting in mid-range, and his mid-range shot looks like money. Um, and he's been sort of the focal point, honestly, of our offense over these past three games. He's averaging 17 a game. Um and when he's when he's hot, he's he's doing well. Um, you know, we've we've joked about Kelly Oubre when he was just a three point shooter. It was either he was really hot and it was great or he was cold and it was terrible. But when he does a little bit more, he, you can start to see how he can fit in as a legitimate starter in the NBA. Kelly is definitely one of those guys where like, you know, DeMar DeRozan had like a super hot start to the season. And everyone's like, could it be fifth place in MVP? And I'm watching Kelly, and I'm like, ah, the mid-range looks pretty similar. And everyone has had that experience where you date a guy or a girl, and the friends are like, eh, just wait. But Kelly, every time he gets hot, I'm like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure about that analogy, but uh, I like it. Yeah, Kelly Kelly Oubre has looked great so far through through these three games. The NFL's opening week was action-packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see show notes for details. Recently, uh, us at Hornets and Heartbreak have not been releasing episodes too frequently, but I've still been listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network. And what have I been using to listen to it? The Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips and perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price 
of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally am a big fan of the earbud tap functions where you can just tap once to pause or play, tap twice to skip or to go to the next song, and three times to raise the audio volume. Also, their noise isolation is excellent. If you're ever in a noisy area, you will not hear that noise when you're listening with Raycon earbuds. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. I also want to bring up Steve Clifford. In that Hawks game, we were down by like 10 in the first quarter, and we were struggling. And I texted you, like, we're just so outmatched. This is unreal. Uh, I was I was pretty demoralized. And then the younger guys on the team started to cook, and specifically this lineup of Dennis Smith Jr., James Booknight, Kelly Oubre, JT Thor, and Nick Richards kept us afloat and went on a little run to cut that lead down we ended up being leading by the end of the first half, and then we just blew blew the door open in the second half, mostly with these young guys. DSJ had 18 points. Book Knight had 10 points. I think all of them were in the first half. I could be wrong about that, but I think all of them were in the first half. JT Thor came in and was playing great defense, uh, caught a lob from Dennis Smith Jr., and Nick Richards Ooh. just was doing his, doing his thing. And I think the awareness to, like, let that lineup run and let them go, not put Gordon back into the game like immediately, even though Gordon Hayward played perfectly fine, you know, in that game, I think he did actually pretty well. He's had had a good start to the season. The awareness to like keep out what should be our best player uh, for that night was, was wise. And I like that. Just let, let the young people cook uh, for that period of time. I think that's a hundred percent accurate. It was things of like, when Cliff came in, we were like, oh, oh, man, he's just going to play a bunch of old guys. But then he actually rode the entire rookie young guy plus, you know, Kelly Oubre lineup to like a sustained, like a full quarter. Yeah. I think that was fantastic. That I mean, was like the most exciting thing. I was I was two minutes behind on the game. And you were like, I'm really excited about this lineup. And I was like, eh, like, you know, Kelly Gordon. Like, And then JT Thor came in and I saw it. And I was like, oh, oh, that is kind of interesting. And then he wrote it for 10 more minutes. Yeah. That's like the anti-cliff antithesis. I mean, it was fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk about Bug Knight a little bit more in a second. I want to go back to DSJ. But I mean, Bug Knight balled out in that stretch, too. It was like. Okay, James Booknight objectively did not have like a great game, but for a period of time, he was on fire and Clifford had the awareness to keep him in the game for that period of time, <laughs> right? Like he hit those and- two threes, he hit that corner fadeaway three, um, and he's not been great, like pretty much in it all outside of that stretch, but Clifford was like, well, Booknight is doing this. I'm not going to take him out prematurely, which I thought was was great. It was great. And something that Borrego, I think, might have made the mistake of doing. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, uh, Book Knight had a mistake in the third quarter and Clifford pretty much pulled him for the rest of the game. But he still got, you know, 12, 14 minutes 
it was good. He gave him his time. And yeah, it's like, who would have believed that Clifford would be like the cool teacher on campus? Yeah. And, and just like play it cool. It was, it was fantastic. He gave JT Thor minutes. And yeah, like Dennis Smith Jr. came out today and was like, wow, I've never had a coach that actually believed in me. Because he came from Rick Carlisle, who was used to, you know, Jason Kidd and, you know, like Jamal Tinsley. And then, like, you know, we got Dennis Smith Jr. And it's like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And Steve Clifford came out and was like, all right, man, I'm going to let you run. And it was fantastic. Yeah, he's had a positive plus minus in all three games, two or more steals in every game, four or more assists in every game, and double double digit scoring in all three games. So he's been great. And uh, I mean, I was skeptical. I was skeptical as hell of of the Dennis Smith Jr. signing. I did not think it would work at all. I I have uh, seen Dennis Smith Jr.'s career kind of from for a long time because I went to NC State. Um, I have friends we've previously mentioned, Alex, uh, who's a big Dennis Smith Jr. fan. And like, I just know that the experience has not been great with Dennis Smith Jr. in the NBA. I think he's having, you know, one of his best little runs here that he's had. And and perhaps the like, you know, it sounds weird to call it, but like a reclamation project, like you're taking him from somebody who, you know, nobody was really going to sign this offseason. Bring him in. He's only 24 years old. And maybe he just didn't get a shot. Maybe he just didn't get a shot with the Knicks and the Mavericks. Two terrible teams when he was on those teams. Maybe when he's in a better situation, he might he might be able to excel. Uh, he was still a lottery pick, right? So, like, I like it. I like it. I hope he can keep this up. Yeah, I have to say, uh, this was a draft class very close to our hearts, Mark. Where, like, this was the Malik Monk draft class. Mm-hmm. Where... Anyone that's listened to the pod for a long time knows I love Malik Monk. We're the same age. Like, you know, we're we're right in there. And uh, I remember, because, you know, inside info, Mark and I were not as close prior to the podcast. But Mark texted me when Dennis Smith Jr. had like the first triple-double in NC State history. And was like, man, you got to check this guy out. And I was like, he totally sucks. <laughs> Wait, did I? I don't even remember this. Did that actually happen? Yeah, no, that, that actually happened. That 100% happened. Your memory is better than mine. I don't even remember this. Yeah, and I was like, well, I mean, that's that's good for you. I root for you, buddy. <laughs> but he sucks. And now I watch him and I'm like, wow, he's the archetype of the backup point guard. Yeah. I love Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, like, he will not be this good all season long. But what he does, I don't think is unsustainable. I mean, I think that he is hitting, he's hitting some threes that, eh, you know, won't hit all season. But if he's a 35% three-point shooter, even like 34 on like low percent, you know, volume, I'm okay with it. He yeah. can just get into the lane anytime. He feeds Gordon Hayward, Mason Plumley, Nick Richards, JT I mean, Thor he, for the lob, dude. JT I mean, Thor. That yeah. was that's the best play of the season thus far. 
what he's done, like you said, I think that's a great point that it's not unsustainable. Um, I mean, because I'm seeing these games with, you know, the lens of like, all right, like when's it going to stop for Dennis Smith Jr.? But maybe like this past game was the first time where I was like, huh, it might actually, maybe he just actually made a little leap Um, because he's not shooting like high volume threes. Like he's still uh, hesitant to shoot from the three point line. I think that's safe to say. He's not like, Oh, I have a little I mean, bit of let's, I'm we, not can, we can just say it. I mean, he's not a good three-point shooter. Right. He's not going to shoot above 34%. Right, but that season. doesn't matter because he's only taking three a game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, and I think that's that's the point. The first game he was two for two. The second game he was two for three. Like, okay, if that goes down to one one of two and one of three, not the end of the world, you know? Um, And that's not where he's contributing the most. It is kind of with the assist. And it is like in running a functional offense. Um, so I think he's been great. Um, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. It'll be interesting, very interesting to see what happens to his minutes when Lamelo Ball gets back, because uh, in theory, Lamelo is going to play like thirty six minutes a game. Terry Rozier is going to play like thirty six minutes a game. Are we going to be running three guard lineups? What's going to happen to Dennis Smith Jr.? Um, we'll have to see. Well, it's it's Dennis Smith. And it's Jalen McDaniels. Mm. Like that is that is kind of like the ninth spot waiting in our lineup. Right. Because Cody Martin is there, Lamelo is there. And we paid Cody and- Martin. I mean, yeah, th- those people are just getting the minutes above them. Um so I I don't know what we're gonna do. I th- I think DSJ will probably go to like a solid like 15 minutes a game role. And I think that that would be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 15 minutes, like, I joked about it after the first game with you, like, is Dennis Smith already our best backup point guard since Jeremy Lin? Mm. And you were like, oh, small sample size, small sample size. But I was like, is it? Mm. Like, yeah. who else? Like, is it Ish Smith? No, it's not. It's not. Like, Ish what? It's not sure. exactly. Yeah, Devonte exactly. Graham, Devonte Graham, maybe. Um, but I mean, if he keeps up this pace, he'll he'll pass Devonte Graham as the best backup point guard we've had recently. But uh, let's get into this, Tim. Reality check corner. So I I wanted to do this because I'm generally very positive about the team. I think everything has gone great so far. But how much are we going to take this three game sample size? And say the, you know, now the Hornets are a playoff team. I'm not sure that's exactly, exactly correct. I hope it's true. I hope it's true. But Tim, you've seen how the Utah Jazz are doing, right? Yes. Yeah, they're three and one right now. They were three and oh. Would you say the Utah Jazz are going to make the playoffs? No. Okay. So, yeah, I just want to bring that same objective, (laughs) objective mindset (laughs) to the Hornets. If anyone wants me to be their bookie, I will take your money for the <laughs> Hornets being a playoff team. I will happily <laughs> take your money. Ah, I thought I thought you might go the other way. I thought you might zag. I still think this team is like a 35-40 win team. I don't think we're quite in that like one through six range. Let's not get carried away, Hornets fans. So I just want I just wanted to say that that uh objectively. It's still 
it's still early and just a three game stretch where we're playing well. If this were games 40 through 42, nobody would notice. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Unless if Nick Richards was involved. But yes. Yeah. I and, I and by that, that same token, I mean I said earlier, like if Nick Richards and Dennis Smith Jr. are actually this good consistently, then the Hornets are good. I still think that's true. I just think they're gonna gonna come back to Earth a little bit. And so is Kelly Oubre. Um and yeah, that, that results in a 40 35 win, 40 win team. <laughs> But we're will, not we're not in the Wemben Yana Yana uh race necessarily though, Tim, which we thought Ooh, we would but I would I would disagree. We have the Jazz playing so well and the Spurs, where I'll say Mark and I joked about, you know, like in our aborted episode, said, ah, what does a good Devin Vassell game even look like? And then we've gotten three in a row. Mm-hmm. So now we know. Like, now know, we know what they look like. But the Lakers are uh, clearly in first for the Wembenyana race, and same with the 76ers. They were washed as well. So um, two teams taking the Jazz's place. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Where like, is there one team that you want to watch less than the Lakers? I actually enjoy watching the Lakers just because I enjoy watching the like train wreck that is the lack of shooting and Russell Westbrook. Like I texted y'all the, the night one of the Lakers. Like, I guess I wasn't super <laughs> locked in on, on the lineups that the Lakers were going to be throwing out there. I was like, are they really starting Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly and Lonnie Walker as their starting backcourt? You look at the front court. You're like, this is a final scene. I mean, we don't need to talk about that much. I'm sure a lot of people have heard enough about, you know, the Lakers from other NBA podcasts, but it is truly wild they just have so little shooting in today's NBA. It's like just such a massive failure from general management and from, I mean, everybody who was involved in thinking that roster would be a good idea. (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome if you just messed up your entire job for like three straight years and you you just got like a, (laughs) yeah, like not even keep it. Like if someone said like I was a Lakers GM and I built this team and they were like, Hey Tim, do you want $75,000 a year? I was like, oh, well, of course. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And instead, they're like, yeah, here's three and a half million. Where instead, I watched the Kings and I'm like, man, Malik Monk has still got the juice. Yeah, whoever's doing a job, uh, whoever's running the Kings is doing a great job. But I mean, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You got to, I mean, I, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to zag on that and say, the Lakers are one of the best watches in the league just because of how terrible. Yeah, I mean, they're completely unwatchable. I mean, the Kings are more watchable. I, I can't even think of a team that is less watchable. I'd rather watch the Jazz. The Spurs against us. That was a very unwatchable team. Oh, I just... Do you want to give your uh, Jeremy Sohan take? Yeah, I'll give my Jeremy Sohan take. So him uh, wearing number 10 and playing for the Spurs and having... Uh, his hair dyed a different color. Uh, he was giving off the Dennis Rodman vibes. But I'm going to say that that's the only thing that looked great from him in the first game. I am happy the Hornets did not get the chance to draft him. Um, I think that's like sort of a classic example of like NBA Twitter, NBA nerds, just like getting a little bit too infatuated with a prospect that like didn't do that much in college 
and <laughs> probably should have gotten the second round. <laughs> oh my god, that is ruthless. You know, I'm gonna go on the other side, and I would say I would trade both Kai Jones and Book Knight for Sohan. Granted, I haven't watched his second, third, or did they already play a fourth game, second or third game? So I only saw the first game, and you did not show me much. Yeah, dude, we we were the only team thus far to beat the Spurs. If they I won mean, two or games or three games? Three games. Whoa. That's wild. Dang. Yeah. Uh, that's a good win. I mean, we only lost to the Pelicans, who are going to be the best team in the West this year, so. Shout out to the supporters of the podcast, T.C. Cunningham, Isaac Black, Xavier Harvin, Dan Joseph, Brandon Garcia, and Austin Johnson. Thank you to everybody who supports the podcast. You can subscribe on Winnow uh, and get text about every game at halftime. And at the end of the game, we send you the best stats. And Tim sends you uh, lip readings of what Dennis Smith Jr. says to Jose Alvarado. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen this far into it. I appreciate it. And Mark does as well. Be safe out there, like a mark. All right, peace, bro. Peace.